Eating the heart of your enemy? Ew, cut it out. I'm Joe Fulgham. Losing the respect of my colleagues one heart at a time. I'm Dr. Rob Tarswell. Using extension cords to extend your life since 1958. I'm Kevin Leeson. Gross things are at the heart of this episode. I'm Torn Atkinson, and this is Caustic Soda. It's the Caustic Soda Podcast! Yay! It's time to set the mics up. It's time for Tales of Woe. It's time to take the red pill on the Caustic Soda Show. It's time to do our research, unless your name is Joe. It's time to load the wiki on the Caustic Soda Show. To introduce our guest star, that's what I'm here to do. So it makes me very hungry to introduce to you, Dr. Rob Tarswell! But now let's get things started. Why don't you get things started? It's time to get things started on the informational, aberrational, strangulational, nauseational, strapped in for the Caustic Soda Show! Caustic Anatomy Class, Episode 2, continues with the heart. How many credits am I getting per class? Zero. Pump, pump. Yeah, I'm sorry. Pump, We're pump. not an accredited uh, instructional pump, pump. podcast. Even pump, though... Speak for yourselves. Pump, pump. Yeah. Dr. Rob is an accredited instructional podcast. If, you, if he promises, if you listen to all the Caustic Soda episodes, you can intern as a medical assistant. Ah, brilliant. Did I just promise that? I think you did. <laughs> you said it, you said you said it with your credits. eyes. He said it with his eyes. <laughs> I, I heard it uh-huh. with my eye ears. Uh-huh. The word origin of heart comes from Old English hjort. Hjort, hjorty, borky, hjorty, borky, borsky, hjorty. There's a cognate uh, from the Proto-Indo-European curd that it comes from with the Greek card from which we get cardio. Okay. So heart and card are kind of uh, from the same root, mm-hmm. it uh, seems. They just like to play cards. That's why they have hearts on them. Could be. I understand. Stood all those words except for cognate. Either descended from the same attested source of ancestor language or held on to the grounds of the methods of historical linguistics to be regular reflexes of the unattested, reconstructed form of proto-language. I understood all of those words except for most of them. <laughs> Linguists, let us know. Cunning linguists only, please. Mm. Cardiophobia is the fear of heart or heart disease. Uh-huh. Sure. All right. Now, let's get down to basics, people. Oh, okay. The heart is a muscle. Oh, yeah? Can I lift weights with it? Yes. Can I bench press with it? If by weights, you mean blood. Okay. Blood weights. Mm-hmm. It is found in animals. So I should put metal in my blood so that my heart gets a better workout. There's already metal in your blood. True or not true? True. Iron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pumping iron. Yeah. Every time, every second or two seconds or how many seconds is it heartbeats. So that's what that movie is about, pumping iron. It just, it just shows a picture of a heart. It's just a picture of a heart pumping. Mm-hmm. Got it. It is located in... Your chest. Oh, I was waiting for a surprise twist. Well, the mediastinum. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, related the to the middle glo- compartment of the chest. Related yeah. to Gloria somehow? Uh, Gloria stinum? Mm-hmm. Gloria mediastinum? Yeah. In humans and other mammals and birds, the heart is divided into four chambers mm-hmm. atria and ventricles. Okay. Right? right. It sounds and like left. It sounds like parts of a yes, house. Yes, left and right atria. And left and right ventricles. Correct. Uh, I, it sounds like parts of a house. Like, oh, I'm going to go. I'll from, meet you in the in, ventricle. In the ventricle. I'm going to cut through the atrium to, <laughs> to the, to the, the chamber. Yeah. yeah. Commonly, the right atrium and ventricles are referred together as the right heart and their left counterparts as the left heart. Okay. Fish, in contrast, have two chambers, an atrium and a ventricle, while reptiles have three chambers. Mm. Weird. Tri-chambered hearts. So why do fish only have two and lep- uh, uh, um, lizards have three? Only God can answer that question. Mm-hmm. Or evolutionary biologists. <laughs> Neither of which we have here at yeah. the moment. Yeah. I've got a God well, complex. Does one that of which, count? One of which we could have here. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, mm. I've got Fair. a God complex. Does hey, God is in all of us. Let's have a race, see what we can get here first. <laughs> I, I heard that God is everywhere once, so he automatically wins. Yeah. The heart is enclosed in a protective sac, mm. the pericardium which also contains a small amount of fluid. What kind of fluid would this be? Pericardial fluid. Pericardial fluid. Anatomy's hard. (laughs) It can be. All you have to do is remember pericardium. Uh 
the wall of the heart is made up of three layers, the epicardium, the myocardium, and the endocardium. Okay. Meaning on top, muscle, and inside. Or okay. the three lesser known Marx Brothers. Uh, epi, myo, and endo? Yep. <laughs> Blood low in oxygen from systemic circulation enters the right atrium and passes through the right ventricle. Mm-hmm. From here, it is pumped into the pulmonary circulation through the lungs, where it receives oxygen and gives off carbon dioxide. Oxygenated blood then returns to the left atrium, passes through the left ventricle, and is pumped out through the aorta to the systemic circulation, where the oxygen is used and metabolized to carbon dioxide. We talked about this in some length in the blood episode. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Like how... So if you want to know more about this, go back and listen to blood. Yeah. Especially if you want the continuing medical education credit. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. The heart contracts at a rate of around 72 beats per minute. That's in a human. Mm -hmm. At rest. Got it. Exercise increases this rate. But lowers resting heart rate in the long term and is good for heart health, right? Exercise is good for heart health. Agree or disagree? I've heard that before. Mm -hmm. But I also read a story in a newspaper once that said a guy who ran marathons like every year had a heart attack and died. So, so don't. So don't. Don't exercise. exercise. Don't exercise. Because I read that article that one time. Do it or don't do it. Mm-hmm. Either way, mm-hmm. you're fucked. Everybody but don't dies. be sedentary either because there was that guy that died on his couch eating pizza. Uh, oh, God. Mm. You could I die. don't know what the right answer is. You could die from almost anything, turns out. There, there don't guys, do anything. Isn't it <laughs> yes. ironic? Live a life in constant paralytic state. Mm-hmm. Isn't it ironic when you run a marathon and die from a heart attack? Don't you think? Don't you think? <laughs> nah. The largest part of the heart is usually slightly offset to the left, though oh. occasionally maybe offset to the right in mm. weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> the heart is usually felt to be on the left side because the left heart is stronger since it pumps to all body parts. The left lung, in turn, is smaller than the right lung because it has to accommodate the heart. Okay. All many, right. That many, I didn't know. How many hearts have you seen, Dr. Rob? Hmm. I, I guess it depends if you mean with my own eyes or diagnostically. Now we meant, I'm doing medical imaging. We meant on. Ooh. We meant I'll take either, either I, your I, preference. I, I would okay. like to know thousands, your, thousands we, of hearts. I meant on Valentine's Day. Does anybody love you? <laughs> uh, has I anyone given you an actual heart on Valentine's Day? Nobody has cho cho chosen me. Oh, oh. that's sad. What's the weirdest heart you've ever seen? Oh well, that of course would have been on my uh, nuclear medicine exam, where they threw okay. up a case of uh, dextrocardia. Which, dextrocardia that's that's the that's the name for when your heart's actually on the right instead of on the left oh okay no 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 that's but, the name for the uh, guy who kills other hearts right right the tv show dextro yeah that's right nice and uh they had it they had it processed through the imaging processing software as though it were a left heart and oh they just everything they looked, flopped it they flopped the image everything looked really weird <laughs> and uh, we had you know and of course it was you know it, it your entire career is on the line, and right. there's somebody behind you, and there's a stopwatch ticking, and what's the problem? Figure it out. Mm. Ah. Did you get it? I don't know. They never tell you. Oh. You only know if you pass or fail the exam. You never get feedback. But you figured right. it out. Well, I've got the job. Well, you got okay. the job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Is it like a driver's test? Like, there's certain questions that if you get them wrong, it's automatic fail, but other ones I'll kind of let slide? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's very like, mysterious. It, might have, it must seem like it might be useful to know what, what your your shortcomings are after you've taken all these tests. Like, no, no, what you need to work on. It no, would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They don't want doctors doubting themselves. Okay. Right? <laughs> They've just got to like march forward at a resolute pace. Oh, heart problem. I, I covered this on my test. I think I passed it. I, I, I think I covered this. Yeah. I think I knew what we were talking about. The heart is prone to several cardiovascular diseases, some becoming more prevalent with aging. Heard about that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, heart disease is a major cause of death, accounting for an average of 30% of all deaths in 2008 globally. 30% of all deaths? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Things have gotten much better since then. Well, of course, remember, though, it gets heart disease becomes more prevalent with aging, and everybody, if you don't die from something else, you keep aging, which means Mm. as you age, you're more and more likely to just have your heart fail on you. So all we have to do to cure heart disease is stop aging. Is Well, or die from something else first. Yes. Get hit by a car. Just That That will have the heart disease rate drops Numbers. dramatically. Yep. Let's let's get Ebola really rolling. <laughs> let's let's solve, solve the heart, heart cardiovascular disease, disease problem. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. President, we cannot allow a heart disease gap. <laughs> Coronary artery disease, also known as ischemic heart disease or arthrosclerosis. What is ischemic? 
ischemic, ischemic. meaning insufficient blood supply. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the coronary artery is narrow, and therefore mm-hmm. the metabolic demands of the heart cannot be met in, say, increased load such as exercise because mm. the pipe is stiff and narrow and yep. it can't accommodate. So cardiac reserve is, is, is gone or is diminished. Yeah, mm-hmm. plaque builds up on the inner walls of your arteries so that they're thinner. You can think of them as like pipes pumping a fluid, which is, is your blood. Is it the same plaque as on my teeth? No. Mm. Different plaque. Different plaque. Different plaque that's on the wall. Different that plaque. Has, that has my... Wow, so many words. plaques. Oh, Not enough words in English. Can't no. keep them straight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I need more ischemics. 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 You just think it's a scheme. I just think it's a schemic made by Apple. It's the ischemic. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Or I scheme, wink, wink, ick. Ick. Because it's bloody. Because there's blood involved. Oh, ick. I thought it was because you winked. Ick. <laughs> That's the reaction. That's what oh, makes God. the whole world. Got it. That guy over there winked at me. Gross. It's the most common form of heart disease uh, and the cause of heart attacks and the most common cause of death globally. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Cardiomyopathy is a noticeable deterioration of the heart muscle's ability to contract, which can lead to heart failure. And the uh, most common form of this is dilated cardiomyopathy. Now, myopic means... Short-sighted. So, cardiomyopic means short-hearted? No. Because it's, it's not myopic, it's myopathy. Oh, it's totally different. So, pathology of the muscle. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Two similar sounding words with fundamentally different meanings. Seems impossible. <laughs> Divergent evolution. <laughs> seems... Of uh, words. Just seems so unlikely. Heart failure, uh, which can also be congestive heart failure, happens when the heart is pumping insufficiently and cannot meet the need of blood flow required by the body. Because the heart is a double pump, each side can fail independently mm. of the other, resulting in heart failure of the right heart or heart failure of the left heart, mm. either of which, through causing strain in the other side, can result in the failure of the whole heart. Oh, okay. But you get like a grace period, right? If one half of your heart fails. <laughs> oh, it's like flying a plane, right? If one engine goes out, you can glide to safety, I th- right? That's true or not true? If one half of your heart Wait, goes on the fritz, you can airplanes glide. Airplanes or hearts? You can glide. <laughs> I know you can glide to safety. I saw it in that Denzel Washington movie. Right. You just have to do it upside down. But hearts. If your heart fails, you can glide to and safety. And drunk. Yeah. Yeah, precisely. So now, it's true in planes. Is it true in hearts? Is it better to have only half of heart fail than your whole heart fail? Oh, yeah. That's probably pretty much true of anything. Uh-huh. Except maybe the space shuttle. I mean, half the space shuttle failing pretty much is the whole space shuttle right. failing, even if it's just one. There's not a lot of um, backups, mm, backup yeah. hearts. Although Klingons have two hearts, as we as we all know. Do they? Yes. I know they have two of most things, including a spine, Klingons don't they? Mm-hmm. Beating in just one time? Oh, that's a good question, actually. Or that they could be offsetting beats. Mm. Right? We'll have to ask Phil Collins. Because he's part Klingon. His Two mother, hearts. His mother was a Klingon. Phil Collins song. Oh my God! Two hearts. No, I, I know the Two you... hearts beating in just one time. Oh, oh sort of. Yeah. It wasn't. It's the video where it's so the video. It's with the white background. He's playing all the instruments. Oh my God! Oh, what a guy! <laughs> what an asshole! <laughs> and he's also he's <laughs> editing a, and he's editing a film, watching him watching himself play. Oh, this is just I will not egotism. hire any musicians or yeah. actors for my or video. directors. All or, be me. Yeah. It's all over the YouTubes. Well, it's perfect egotism. Yeah, I'm not in favor or of that just, whatsoever. Or just talent. Yeah. maybe the guy can just. He was obviously on. not unionized. Put a lot of people out of work. He's the Lenny mm. Kravitz of the United Kingdom. Maybe there were some union musicians off to the side, not playing, but they're right. just so that, you know, they were there. Yeah, leaning on the shovels. Yeah. Yeah, got yeah. it. Congestive heart failure results in blood backing up in the systemic circulation. Edema, uh, which is swelling of the feet, ankles, and fingers, is the most noticeable symptom. Mm. Pulmonary congestion results from left heart failure. Oh, the right side of the heart continues to propel blood to the lungs, mm-hmm. but the left side is unable to pump the returning blood into the systemic circulation. As blood vessels within the lungs become swollen with blood, the pressure within them increases, and fluid leaks from the circulation into the lung tissue, causing Move. pulmonary edema. Move. So pulmonary congestion results in the left heart failure. Yeah. What results from the uh, right heart failure? That's where you get the edema and the swelling in the body. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, you're not getting enough systemic return. If untreated, the person will suffocate because they are drowning in their own blood. Oh, God, the horror. All right, okay. Here's a pop quiz. Mm. <laughs> uh, 
If, I'm ready. If you had to drown in something, what would be your least favorite thing to drown in and your most favorite thing to drown in? Boobs. Most favorite. <laughs> boobs. Okay. Oh, liquid boobs? What do liquid boobs look like? I, I don't you know. You get boobs down your throat. What? Into your lungs. How many boobs tiny, have you tiny seen? Boobs. Lots I, of tiny I boobs. I guess I'm 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 broadening drown to also mean suffocated. Yeah. No, no. Drowning. Drowning? drowning? Okay. So it's got to be liquid? Yeah. Hmm. I'd probably put blood near the top of my, I do not want to drown in blood. Like whether it's my own or a whole bunch of other people's. That was, you know that tank, that like tinny, irony taste that it has? Forget that. I don't know. I'd rather have that than like pineapple juice. Ugh. You would rather drown in blood than pineapple I juice? I hate pineapple juice. Wow. That, oh, yeah. If you're, like, if, you're, if you're like allergic to something, you don't want to drown in whatever you're allergic to. Why? You might die from the allergy before you die from drowning. Ooh, that's a good test. Yeah. Let's put that to the test. <laughs> when I was a kid, I went to a manure processing plant. Yeah. And that was the day I realized I absolutely do not want to drown in manure. Yeah. Well, then liquid yeah. manure. Yeah. yeah. That'd, no, be that's a good one. That'd be way, way worse. All right. Torn? Love. <laughs> you wouldn't want to drown in love? I don't want to drown in love. Liquid love. And I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Ecstasy. Yeah. Uh, no. Commitment. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't want to drown in commitment. <laughs> Bull semen. <laughs> that's, that's liquid love, that's Kevin. Commitment to me. That's liquid love. <laughs> Heart murmurs are abnormal or unusual heart sounds which can be caused by an obstruction in the blood flow. These murmurs can be heard with a stethoscope. Heart murmurs are common in the young children and the elderly, even if they have perfectly healthy hearts. Murmur, mm. murmur. Why do they call them murmurs? Is there actually like a murmuring sound? It's not like a murmuring sound. I'm not sure what the origin of the word murmur is. Probably because it's just a very low sound instead of the nice sort of of the bell. Because they're just like, you know, they mumble under their breath. Things that they don't want people to hear, but... It's very passive aggressive. Hearts are very passive aggressive. I think so. Yeah. Heart attack is pretty aggressive aggressive. Oh yeah. Well, that's an attack. Yeah. It's an attack. It's like, yeah, I mean it's right in the word, right? Well, speaking of attack, how about penetrating cardiac trauma? Don't want that. That's oh. when ooh, that's when somebody has sex with your heart. That's when Wolverine like stabs directly. you in the chest. It, yes, that is exactly what it is. With a penis? Uh, n- no. Well, uh, I with mean, his penis claws. If your penis, if the penis was, was sharp, then sure. That's okay. something they didn't mention in the comic books. Penetrating cardiac trauma claw. means it means your heart has been pierced. Okay. The, right. the generally, something sharp has gone through the uh, the flesh of your heart. Got it. Up until the end of the 19th century, acknowledged leaders in the fields of science and medicine almost uniformly dismissed the possibility of successful surgical repair of penetrating cardiac right. trauma. You can't you can't even get in there fast enough. They were right. like, you're, you're screwed. Like, listen to this. Repairing the damage was thought to be such a lost cause that in 1883, mm-hmm. right? Like, like uh, what's that? 130 years ago. Yeah. Theodore Billroth stated, the surgeon who should attempt to suture a wound of the heart would lose the respect of his colleagues. Oh, oh no. Not so like, if he got it right, Billroth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was, who, I, that Billroth's got a big mouth. I just couldn't go on without the respect of my peers. Saving lives. Pish posh. Yeah. You couldn't go on if you accidentally attained the respect of your peers. <laughs> yes, exactly. You stayed exactly. perpetual and immediate shock. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. In 1896, Paget stated, Surgery of the heart has probably reached the limits set by nature to all surgery. No new method and no discovery can overcome the natural difficulties uh, that attend the wound of the heart. Uh, old, what year? Old-timey doctors. What, what that year was, was 1896. Didn't know about lasers oh, in 1896. It. He drew the line in the sand. He was like, yep. that's it. Heart the human, surgery, the human body could not possibly withstand the strain of exceeding 40 miles per hour. Uh, yeah, <laughs> That's right. Ironically, <laughs> here's the thing. That was 1896. And the very next month... In 1896, Ludwig Rain succeeded in repairing a 1.5 centimeter right ventricular stab wound ah. suffered by a 22-year-old gardener, Wilhelm Justice, mm-hmm. by suturing the heart wall, a procedure referred to as cardio- well, this cardiography. 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 Followed immediately by the loss of respect of his colleagues. That's right. right. Uh, Why would you? He had a respect oh. a respectectomy. A cardiography is that guy who plays for all those kids. Yeah, makes their hearts. And he's dressed up like murmur. A, he's dressed up like a Slim Goodbody, except yeah. it's just a heart. Mm-hmm. And all his songs sound like this. Thump, 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 Yeah, he plays the drums. Thump, thump. Just plays the drums. Thump, thump, thump. It's the parents put it on when they want to get their kids to go to sleep. Either they want to, you want them to go to sleep or they want them to be terrified. Because those are the two things <laughs> yes, that that's what those do. are used for. And a couple more notes before we move on. The familiar symbol of the heart representing love developed in the 15th century and mm-hmm. became widely popular in the 16th. But there's a bunch of theories on how it came to be that shape. 
and I think the answer is probably it's a lot of things that all kind of moved it towards that. Right. Uh, there's no one answer to the reason for that. Public service announcement. How to be good to your heart. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You How know, to just like whisper sweet nothings to it. Heart disease prevention. Don't smoke. Okay. Or use tobacco. What if you're smoking hot? Uh, if you're like actually on fire, I think that's fine for your heart for a while. Okay. All right. Your it's heart rate would probably get pretty elevated. It uh-huh. might, but that could be good, as we mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Like, like running a marathon. Okay. Exercise. Like a marathon. Oh, yep. so your resting rate would get better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You use terrified uh, workout. Ah! <laughs> oh, my heart has never been stronger when I'm not terrified. So yeah, don't smoke or use tobacco. But if you do. The good news is that when you quit smoking, uh, your risk of heart disease drops almost to that of a non-smoker in about five years. If you can, right. if you can quit for five years, then you just start up again. So no just, problem. so <laughs> just quit more than five years from your death, so you can actually reap yeah. the benefits. Yes, of if you if you can manage that, yep. use one of those uh, gypsies who can tell you when you're supposed to die. Yep, and then five years before that, stop smoking. Solid advice. And then hopefully you won't die of smoking. The and gypsy said, "I'm going to die in three years. What do I do?" Quit smoking. Don't oh, wait, quit I don't smoking. smoke. Don't yeah, quit smoking. Don't bother. Oh. Start up, or start. Start smoking, smoking yeah. and prove her wrong. Die sooner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Accelerate the process. It's a very leaving Las Vegas kind of solution. Exercise number two. Uh, for 30 minutes on most days of the week. No, yeah. oh, 30 minutes every day? No, most days. So I'm going to say most days is like four out of seven days. Sure. Four or five, yeah. Yeah, that's above average. I don't know you if that's could, most. Well, you could maybe exercise for 20 minutes every day, maybe. Is that, uh-huh. is, that, is that working better for you? No. Doing anything every day stinks. I don't like going to the bathroom every day. <laughs> well, then don't. Physical activity helps you control your weight and can reduce your chances of developing other conditions that may put a strain on your heart, such as high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and diabetes. Exercise mm. also reduces your risk of cancer. There D- you go. Diabetes. And depression. And it can treat depression. So although you may desperately hate it while you're doing it, Mm-hmm. Eat a healthy diet, a heart healthy diet. Eat lots of heart. Hey, Torn. Eat the hearts of your enemies. Are we going to Dairy Queen after this? Yo, you know we are. Oh, yeah. We're going to get those little cinnamon hearts put on top of our uh, Sundays. Oh, you're yes, the, of course. That Dairy Queen diet rich in fruits, vegetables, and whole grains? Yes. Get exactly. the strawberries. Beans, other low fat sources of protein, and certain types of fish that you find so prevalent at Dairy Queen. Yep. <laughs> those will help your heart. They've got, a, yep. they've, they've got a, an ice cream cake shaped like a fish. And of course, limiting the saturated poly, uh, unsaturated, monounsaturated, and trans fats because they don't have any of that at Dairy Queen. Nope. If the nutrition label has the term partially hydrogenated, it means the product contains trans fat. Heart healthy eating isn't all about cutting back, though. Healthy fats from plant based sources such as avocado, nuts, hanging olive, brain. Olive oils, hanging brain, help your heart by lowering the bad type of cholesterol. So, Joe, is mm. trans fat the politically correct terminology for this sort of thing? I'm, I'm just not up to snuff on my, uh, mm-hmm. um, on my proper terminology. Yeah, trans fat is uh, completely acceptable okay, to say. Good. good to know. I just mm-hmm. want to make sure that Torn's not insulting some of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Well, Cis there's fat. other, re- there's other ways that's happening. It's, it's not Torn that's doing Cis that. Cis fat is fine. <laughs> Eating several servings a week of certain fish, such as salmon and mackerel, may decrease the risk of heart attack but what if you don't like fish what if you're a guy like me Uh i'm gonna am i gonna have a heart attack but odds are odds are good about one in two chance yeah oh damn it (laughs) flip a coin flip a coin all right who's got a coin let's see if torn's gonna die of a heart attack or not let's flip a coin oh all right are you uh are you let's do it am i flipping it or yeah sure is is uh is heart attack uh heads or tails well there's i'm gonna use a canadian nickel which has a beaver Mm -hmm. and the queen's head Okay. So I say the queen is a heart attack. By the way, listeners, this episode is being recorded on Super Bowl Sunday. This might be the most important coin flip today. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's a beaver. It's my turn. I'm going to flip this loony. That's a queen. I'm going to die of a heart attack. All right. Good. That's just science right there. That is science. That's mm-hmm. how that works. Following a heart-healthy diet also means keeping an eye on how much alcohol you drink. If you choose mm-hmm. to drink alcohol, it's better for your heart to do so. In moderation. I keep an eye on all of my alcohol <laughs> right before it goes in my mouth. Nice. Yes. Okay. So uh, check that box for me. And moderation I... sounds like a relative term. So <laughs> I always drink in moderation. Right. It Actually, moderation means one drink a day for women and two drinks for men up to age 65. Not to me, it don't. You mean not one drink at a time? Yeah. Now, 
sorry, how many drink? How many drinks? One drink a day for women of all ages and men older than sixty-five, and two drinks a day for men age sixty-five and younger. Can can I go a year without drinking and then drink like three hundred sixty-five drinks? In one in day. one day, yeah. Well, not yes. recommended. You not recommended. can do it. I don't think he could. Three hundred sixty-five drinks in a day? No, I mean, he would die first. If you want to know why, listen oh. to the alcohol episode. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. And then take the continuing medical education quiz. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, you wouldn't make it all the way three sixty-five before you die. No, yeah, he would be uh, dead well before. Uh, okay. Number four, maintain a healthy weight. Seems obvious. Like, uh, like when you're waiting for the bus. One way to see if your weight is healthy is to calculate your body mass index, or BMI, mm-hmm. which considers your height and weight in determining whether you have a healthy or unhealthy percentage of body fat. Body fat. Mm-hmm. It's just a gen- BMI is a general rule. Like you mm-hmm. might be in great shape and be muscular, and your BMI will be too high. But you know, if you're not one of those exceptions, it's a, a pretty general way to figure out where you stand. Mm-hmm. Get enough quality sleep. Not the bad quality sleep. Okay. The good quality sleep. Not quantity sleep, but quality Quality sleep. Quality sleep. Sleep deprivation can do more than leave you yawning throughout the day. People who don't get enough sleep have a higher risk of obesity, high blood pressure, heart attack, diabetes, and depression. Most adults need seven to nine hours of sleep each night. You go on six. Uh, yeah, I, I get by regularly. On, and that's why you're like your eyes, your eyelids are very heavy right now. My eyelids are very heavy right now because it's about forty degrees <laughs> in this room because we turn off the air conditioning to like not get the buzz in the microphones. How much do you sleep, Rob? I don't always sleep, but, <laughs> but when, when I, I do, do, it's for about eight or nine hours, and it's oh. quality. Nothing but quality. Quality sleep. Blackout curtains. You got right. blackout curtains, really? I do. Yeah. Okay. I mm-hmm. tell you, when I was you. when I was a hundred pounds heavier, I could sleep twelve hours. And now I probably don't, I, I almost can't sleep more than eight or nine. I, I usually get six or seven, I think. And My I, cat usually makes sure I don't get a healthy amount of sleep. Uh, yeah, okay. My That's, cat is going to give me a heart attack. Yeah. Don't, what, what, don't own a cat. What happens if to... you close your bedroom door? Does your cat then just scratch the door? For a while, yeah. All right. But sometimes I use them as a pillow, so it's okay. Okay. Get regular health screenings. Agree or disagree, Dr. Rob? Well, the benefit of regular health screening is not actually all that clear. It certainly generates a lot of uh, billings You're for doctors. You're just saying that because you don't want to be bothered constantly. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's very difficult to actually detect disease in a general population of individuals right. with no symptoms. Right. Hmm. But if you, see, if you do it regularly and so then maybe you see trends, like you'd be like, oh, your blood pressure is rising over the last like six years or... You know, is that a um, is that a thing that that people do? Well, that's I mean, that's something you can do. Just kind of sticking your arm at Shopper's Drug Mart mm-hmm. in the blood pressure cuff and sort of monitoring it that way. Mm-hmm. But recommendations now, about what to get checked and when are changing all the time, and generally it just tends to be sort of less and less. Right. What if I ask to have my prostate checked constantly by a medical professional or not? Is that just smart? Well, there's a certain profession that'd be more than happy to provide that service. Mm-hmm. It may cost a substantial amount of your income. <laughs> And I don't think it's covered under Medicare. Um, I went to the Shoppers Drug Mart, stick your arm in the little thing in to get your blood pressure thing. Yep. And I did it three times in a row, and they were wildly different all three times, the hmm. results. Do you remember the results? Like, how wildly? Oh, no, I don't. I wish I'd saved the little printouts, but mm-hmm. I did not. I did not. But they were so significantly different. And well, the, the it one was right like, you know, end. here you're in the healthy range. Oh, you're in the not healthy range. Oh, you're in the healthy range. It was that kind of a thing. Maybe you maybe you calmed down and you did it and then you read it and went, oh, thank God. What, no, if, it was, what if it was bad? And then you got scared and put your arm in. That's true. That could have happened. There was a witch chasing me at the time. I see. I tend to a get gypsy curse. slightly on the lower side for blood pressure, actually, when I do those things. How often should we go in for a uh, checkup? A general screening, health screening, would you say? There actually isn't really much of an indication for a general physical exam once a year. That whole thing, it's just not evidence-based at all. Okay. So most doctors just don't even tend to bother with them anymore unless you're going in for a specific reason like a a pilot's license or something like that. So cancel the last item on the public service announcement. But uh, it's worth revisiting the BMI issue because the even more important factor these days is probably waist circumference, which is being uh, recognized as much more predictive of cardiovascular disease. So, oh, really? Mm. Yeah, about 40 inches in men, 35 in women. That's the waist size. And that's if you're right. bigger than that, then you're at risk. Yeah, that's right. That's sort of the risk cutoff points. Well, okay. No matter how tall or 
whatever you are, it's just the waist circumference just dictates. Well, if you're a, you know, a boundary case, that's a bit different. But for most of us who are sort of in the middle, middle-ish size of humanity, yeah, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty good uh, well, rule of mm-hmm. thumb. Do you count yourself as middle-ish? Because I'm like twice the size of you. But how, how big is your well, waist? Like, what, what's the difference in the size between like, your waist? About thirty, right? And and you're yours like is what? Seventeen or something. <laughs> you're a waif. But it's but that's the thing. You're thirty, you're, man. You're about a thirty. I'm uh well, I'm a little. I gained a little. I'm about thirty four right now. But I, I'm a thirty two or so. So um, like Rob and I are not that different in waist size. The difference that of your waist size is not your height, Kevin. No, I'm not saying that. But like, take a uh, NBA player who's mm-hmm. seven foot one. Uh, he could very likely have a waist size bigger than forty inches because he's a giant person. Sure, and that you know, and again, you know, general rules for the general population. Right, freakish rules they for break, the freakish people. They break down in extreme cases, of course. Mm, got it. But they're yeah. both still. I mean, they're both sort of good general measures. Got it. Uh, but just got to recognize think the limitations. Think of it as a rule of thumb, or a rule, rule of, of waist. Michael Jordan's waist size was thirty. How about Shaquille O'Neal? Because Michael Jordan was like six well, foot three. Okay, those are outliers. He started off by yeah. saying outliers. If you're in yeah. the general same populace, then just, I'm yeah. just saying you if you're try in the NBA and you're wondering if your waist circumference is too high. Contact Kevin. Yeah. Well, I'm just you tried to throw something in my face and I just I'm throwing it right back at you. I got another beaver. Oh, you wish you said that every weekend. <laughs> in the history. Fourth century BCE, Aristotle said the heart was the most important organ of the body. The cardiocentric, heart-centered model, mm-hmm. argued that the heart is the organ of intelligence. Right. right. Supplies the radiator. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. In his observations, Aristotle noticed that poking the brain of an injured person did not induce pain. Mm. Yeah. Therefore, he said, the brain is not engaged in perception of any kind. So, wait, hold it's on. Just, that's just mm. science. But poking the heart induced pain? Well, he said, but this means it must be the heart. Yeah, it is no. It was known at the time the human voice is supplied by air exhaled from the lungs. Hence, he reasoned that the heart supplies words, and they come out together with voice as they roll out of the chest cavity. Interesting, mm. interesting. I'm just interesting, interested mm. in how in the fourth century BC you're poking someone in the brain and saying, "Does this hurt? Or yeah. does this not hurt?" <laughs> well, again, gladiators and Pro- stuff, yeah. right? Wounded yeah, soldiers. probably. Yeah, got hit in the head, a piece of skull shaved off. And they're like, hey, uh, uh, Ecclesiastes over here is going to die. Come poke his brain. You're a scientist. Cool. Aristotle was Alexander the Great's teacher. There was probably plenty of injury for Aristotle to examine. Mm -hmm. Because Alexander really liked Aristotle and would send back specimens to him to catalog. Mm, Cool. Aristotle noticed that the body grows cold when the heart stops beating, which led him to assume that the heart produces the body's heat. True. To protect the heart from overheating, the other organs surrounding the heart, lungs, liver, and brain, must exist to cool it down. Right. right. It's just logic. It's a lot of temperature-based science yeah. back in the old days. Yeah, temperatures and miasmas and smells little, and whatnot. It's, it's cool. These things are interesting because, I mean, he's just kind of saying, based on what I can see. Yeah, he's throwing a lot of shit at the wall. But it's not that bad. Like, based on the information he has, he's wrong. Yeah. But he's at least, you know, going based on this evidence, this kind of makes sense. So now that we know that the heart does not regulate temperature and the mm-hmm. brain does not regulate temperature what does regulate temperature in the human body primarily your skin god damn skin i can't wait for the skin episode of caustic soda effing skin we're gonna do it if we do do that um i vote <laughs> if we do that i vote that we get Kentucky fried chicken right before because i love that skin the ancient Egyptians viewed the heart as the seat of intellect and emotion. Yep. As such, it played a central role in the rebirth of an individual in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Okay. The heart of the individual was weighed against the feather representing the goddess of truth, Ma'at, yep. in a judgment overseen by Osiris, the lord of the underworld. Mm-hmm. The judgment was a frequent subject for funerary art, especially on papyri and coffins. Uh, and we've got some pictures here. You can uh, Yeah, see. and if you heart is not is a shitty heart... Then they throw it to that hippo demon. Amit, mm-hmm. the devourer. Yeah. Amit, the devourer, crouches below the balance, anxiously awaiting <laughs> the outcome. Should the heart of the deceased prove to be heavy with wrongdoing, it would be eaten mm. by the demon and the hope of an afterlife vanish. And he's like, oh, God, heart again for dinner? Yeah. yeah. Every single day. But none of the art that we see ever shows a happy uh, Amit, because it, I guess because the only art we see are from people who were successfully buried and honored. Right. And so they wanted to write a, a little piece of art going, look, he was a good guy, see? Mm-hmm. And so you don't get to see the the, or, gra- the honorable graves of somebody who didn't make it. Or maybe Amit was just a greedy 
the hard-eaten glutton. Just and it was behind never, licking never his enough, chops. Yeah, never enough hearts. He could yeah. eat all the hearts. It still wouldn't be enough hearts. Yeah. It was crucial that the heart remain with the body during the mummification process in order to be present for the judgment. Mm -hmm. A protective amulet or heart scarab was typically mm -hmm. wrapped with the mummy in case the heart should be damaged or removed. Oh, that's mm -hmm. bad news. Such amulets were frequently inscribed with a spell to prevent the heart from bearing false witness against the deceased before Osiris. Ooh, false witness. Your heart would actually betray you? All Well... No, but there are there were certainly con men who would make you think that and would sell you. I, this is I guarantee this is the way it worked. Yeah. They basically, we're like, no, listen, if you, you want to make sure that when it gets weighed, that it tells the truth, right? Yeah, I so sell get, spells. Yeah, that will make sure that that happens. That so will keep your heart in line. Fifty pieces of gold, my lord. Yeah, that yeah. is nothing. Doctor Cardio's heart lightning Epsom salts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in 1926, Dr. Mark Lidwell of the Royal Prince Alfred Hospital of Sydney devised a portable apparatus which, quote, plugged into a lighting point and in which one pole was applied to a skin pad soaked in strong salt solution, while the other pole consisted of a needle insulated except at its point and was plunged into the appropriate cardiac chamber. What could go okay. wrong? In 1928, the apparatus was used to revive a stillborn infant whose oh. heart continued to, quote, beat on its own accord at the end of 10 minutes of stimulation. Okay. So a baby was stillborn, and they were like, damn it, and they zapped its heart with this thing uh, and uh, got its heart going again, and then after 10 minutes, it kept going. And then a, a, a group of villagers with torches and pitchforks rolled in and went, Frankenstein, <laughs> it's alive, alive, and then they ran him out of town. There were probably people who thought the baby had no soul or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm sure there were all sorts of people terrified of the first stillborn child brought back from the dead. It was actually chased out by all the other babies. Ah, I see. With pitchforks and torches. Got it. Little, little torches. Yeah. Little tiny, little matches. Fisher Price ones. Oh, nice. In 1932, American physiologist Albert Hyman, working independently, described an uh -huh. electromechanical instrument of his own uh -huh. powered by a spring-wound hand-cranked motor. You said Hyman. Yeah. Hyman himself referred to his invention as a, quote, artificial pacemaker, mm -hmm. the term continuing in, in use to this day. Okay. Okay. Because so your heart has its own pacemaker called the uh, sinus node. Which the sinus node. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It lives up in the uh, right atrium, and it sends out the regular signal to uh, cause the heart to beat. Got it. And it's influenced to beat faster or slower from uh, uh, neuronal connections from the brain. Let's let's revise slightly. So okay. a heart murmur is sounds that blood makes when it's going across your heart valves. If your know. heart valves have some sort of problem or disease. And what's a heart flutter? Is there such a thing? A heart flutter is there's atrial flutter specifically what it refers to and that's when the atria are beating at a, a really fast rate. Is that good or bad? It's bad. But it's not terrible. It's something that you don't want though. And if a heart skips a beat, what happens then? That's probably It's because you saw someone you love. Mm. That's mm -hmm. probably a premature ventricular contraction, okay. which means that the ventricles contract on their own without getting a signal from the sinus node. Because okay. you saw so someone the, you love. So there's a somewhat disorganized contraction. We all get them. Um, they're not especially unusual or dangerous. Okay. But you, you feel it, that sort of right. in your chest. Because we're always falling in love. Because we're always falling in love. Always. I fell in love with a fat burger the other day. Heart skipped a beat. <laughs> An external pacemaker was designed and built by the Canadian electrical engineer John Hopps in 1950, but it was Hops. bulky and uncomfortable and required an AC wall plug to operate. <laughs> ah, ah, you know what? The hand crank one is better than that. Yeah, At I least know. like, you know, you're know. not stringing around your plug. You're, uh, you know, you're, the lady of the house has to like plug her vacuum cleaner in in 1950 and she accidentally unplugs you or blows a breaker know, or something. Don't, don't turn the microwave on while I'm keeping my heart well, going not, and blow the circuit. Not in 1950. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But it's so like, don't turn on the garbage. That's what happens in my house, though, right? Yeah. Don't turn on the microwave while the dishwasher's going, because that circuit will blow. Got it. Because my house is from 1958. I do like the idea of you hand-cranking your own heart, though, yeah. right? It's like, you, I don't need to run a marathon. I'm just going to, like, crank twice as fast today. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, it's like... Whenever, Get a monkey to do it. Those, <laughs> ah, trained monkey to, like... Yeah, you have to attach the musical thing and you, to And they'd it. get tired, so you'd need teams of them. That's right. Teams of teams organ grinding of monkeys. organ grinding monkeys <laughs> keeping your heart going. I just like the fact that, it, you know, in, in those old school silent movies, if they needed to, uh, you know, speed up things up, they would like undercrank and overcrank, right? Because right? mm -hmm. they're all hand cranked. That's right. And so you could do the you same the thing monkey, with your heart. I'm running faster. Yeah, that's right. I, I need to go for a run today. Crank faster. 
That one was plugged into the AC wall. Eight years later, some Colombian doctors constructed an external pacemaker similar to those of Hobson Zoll, weighing 45 kilograms and powered by a 12-volt car lead-acid battery. Yeah. Progress. So, well, uh, it's a step in the right direction. You're not, you're not tethered yeah. to a wall. Carried, ar- a carried around you in your little red wagon. Radio flyer. For our American listeners, 45 kilograms is about 100 pounds. Yep. So it's a step in the right direction, and then you're really tired and yeah. can't take any more steps. Yeah. Especially when you got a bad ticker. You can't be carrying around 100 pounds of battery when yep. you got a bad ticker. This apparatus was successfully used to sustain a 70-year-old priest, uh, Gerardo Flores. Sorry, did you say he's seven years old? 70. Okay. That would be... That was You're bearing the lead, Joe. There's a seven-year-old priest out there. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be Marjo Gortner, the That's child right. preacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marjo's great. Uh, also in 1958, engineer Earl Backen produced the first wearable external pacemaker. This transistorized pacemaker housed in a small plastic box had controls to permit adjustment of pacing heart rate and output voltage and was connected to electrode leads which passed through the skin of the patient to terminate in electrodes attached to the surface of the myocardium of the heart. Fantastic. So this is what we have a picture of. Yeah, this is the one that we've got, uh, the external one, that's that's this kind of thing, which basically the box is all outside, and it's just a couple of wires that go into a hole uh, in your upper you torso. Just hanging on your stylish belt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you go to the beach, right, people think you're listening to the radio. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My heart's listening to the radio. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if your pacemaker could pick up, like, RF frequencies. And it's that Phil Collins song. And why doesn't Uncle Tommy ever come swimming? Because she's going to electrocute. <laughs> Doesn't want to electrocute all the local kids. Cannonball! Oh, my heart! Oh, that, that was the 1958 version of Jaws. It was called Zappy. Z- Uncle Zappy. Zappy. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger pacemaker. <laughs> the first clinical implantation into a human of a fully implantable pacemaker was also in 1958. It was Yay, a great, 1958. great year for pacemakers in Sweden. Oh. The device Failed after three hours. Oh, oh. do better. They they did. Sweden. They did. A second device was then implanted, which lasted for two days. Okay. Uh, the patient Arne Larson went on to receive twenty six wow. different pacemakers during his lifetime. Wow. He died in two thousand and one from melanoma skin cancer at the age of eighty six, outliving the inventor as well as the surgeon. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. Now I'm over forty. Hmm. Mm-hmm. How many, if I had to get a pacemaker today, how long would it last? Well, pacemakers these days last a, a long time yeah. and they just, they're just right under the skin and every once, maybe every five or 10 years, they replace the battery. Okay. Yeah. Got it's it. just a simple that's skin. A incision. surgical thing. Hmm. So five or 10 years, that's a good bet. Is it like nuclear or something? Are you like a nuclear submarine? No, there's no uh, radioactive power. What kind of, what kind of battery You do it? go. Bing. Bing. Nice. But the actual battery technology, I don't really know how that. That's that not is. a series of expertise. It's not my thing. Uh, I think it's like a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're talking about the, that grade seven science yes. experiment yes. where you like run yeah. some, a clock right. off of a lemon? Yeah, stick, I like it. Stick a lemon to your chest. I mean, listen, you know, if you're environmentally friendly, why not? But of course, every time you stick the electrode in it, it squirts you in the eye. Yeah. Stop oh, shining that heat lamp on my lemon. It's <laughs> got to stay wet. <laughs> When you were a little girl, you were stuck by a wasp. And the skin on your arm puffed up and went red. But you so loved that wasp and all of his brothers that you brought the whole damn angry hide into your, right into your bed.
In the news. May 2014, Syria. Mm-hmm. A video showing a Syrian rebel, Abu Sakar, the well-known founder of Holmes' independent Omar al-Farouk brigade, carving into the body of a dead government soldier in a ditch and cutting out his heart and liver. Oh. What's he going to do with it? Well, why don't I show you? Oh. Is this videographic? Yep. So that is actually a dead guy that he is carving. It's a little blurry there, thankfully. At least, yeah, at least it's blurry. But uh, that is a heart and a bit of a lung. Uh, the first article says liver. And, but uh, they are body parts. There's no doubt about there's it. There's no doubt. And then oh, and he's eating. He goes to take Ugh. a little bite out of... He holds him up to the camera and declares, I swear to God, we will eat your hearts out, you soldiers of Bashar the dog. Uh, his rant against Syrian President Bashar al-Assad is surrounded by off-screen cheers of his comrades shouting Allahu Akbar, which is God is great. He then lifts the... They, the article says he lifts the heart to his mouth. That's actually the lung that he takes a bite. Uh, he bites. Uh, Paul Wood from BBC News was able to interview Abu Sakar uh, after this. It was several days later, I think, uh-huh. who admitted that he cut out the heart and bit, of, and bit of lung, but claims to not have actually eaten it and only like taken a ritual bite of a bit of the lung. And what ritual involves biting a lung? Yeah. Yeah. The, the article, it was hard to trim down, but the article. It's when he's starting. Starting the ritual. They all have to start somewhere. Yeah. Right? No, it's to... not a ritual when it just starts. Oh, I guess. The article on BBC News is about the follow-up later on is super interesting because it's kind of obvious that this guy is a little embarrassed that he did this. Right. And there's there's writing in the article that says that everybody who's like cheering him on now kind of looks at him funny. Like basically they're all caught up in the moment and going, yeah, fucking eat that guy's lung. Yeah, fuck you. And then the next day they're all like... Uh, the fuck was that that he did like why yeah. do we cheer that what is going uh-huh. like that's kind of the feeling i get from the article and so he's like saying uh he's trying to excuse himself this is one of the, the quotes from uh, abu sakar i didn't want to do this i had to we have to terrify the enemy humiliate them just as they do to us now they won't dare be wherever abu sakar is not if they listen to the bbc <laughs> <laughs> or or they'll want to be there so they can shoot you for that terrible thing you did Uh, It does go into talking about a lot of the terrible stuff that this guy has had to put up with, how terrible the Syrian government has been. Uh He basically was started off as just a peaceful protester and then everybody he loved around him got killed. So he got militarized. And said, what can I do? Yeah. And started fighting and then got so angry that ended up somebody who had killed friends of his was dead in front of him and cut him up up and swore and take a bite out of him. Hmm? Would you you take a bite of a heart or a lung there, Torn? No, thanks. Yeah. Hmm? No matter how angry I was. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Like, I, 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 I yeah, you know. I mean, I mean, maybe I'd do it out of curiosity, but I wouldn't do it out of hate. Oh, okay. All right. So your motivation might alter yeah. your, uh, your, your, your position on this. Dr. Rob would never do that because he's vegan. Not. Ooh, what about a vegetable's heart? Oh, what about artichoke tofu? heart? Artich- heart of artichoke. I yeah. love artichoke hearts. Oh, yeah. you monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You oh. monster. On the battlefield, he's just going to stuff his mouth full of artichoke hearts and swear it. And I suppose a ritual bite wouldn't violate <laughs> vegan ethics. Yeah. I suppose the murder of the yeah. supplier of the ritual heart might right. be problematic. Got it. Well, and here's the thing, Rob. It's not like somebody's going to go out and kill more people. The guy's already dead. The food is there. This is not creating right. a food supply. It's no different than He's buying a leather been... jacket. Yeah, come on. From the Salvation Rob. Army store. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That cow's already dead. Okay. Fire up the barbecue. Let's go. Ah, yeah. I knew it would only take a little push. Kevin, lie down and take your shirt off. Opportuniganism. 2013, Las Vegas. Uh-huh. Since the Heart Attack Grill, mm. where customers over 350 pounds eat for free if they weigh in with a doctor or nurse before each burger. I have been to this place. Opened in October 2011, John Allerman would stand outside its doors every day coaxing customers in. Soon enough, Allerman became a fixture at the restaurant he loved. Yeah, so I've been to the Heart Attack Grill in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And as you walk in, there's a giant scale uh, right in front of you and you are you are... Welcome to step on board if you think you qualify for a free meal. And there's a d- nurse or a doctor right there? Uh, well, there are servers dressed like nurses oh, and doctors. Oh, interesting. All right. Interesting. Okay. So if you don't measure up, are you uh-huh. like booed? Oh, my God. He's like, uh, he's only like 225 pounds. You're well, only 330 pounds. Well, when I was there, Boo. when I was there, 
Uh, it's like I opposite of fat shaming, skinny shaming. Yeah, totally. I didn't see anybody try because I didn't see anybody who would have even been close to qualifying. Didn't put lead in your pockets and try and step on? Nope. No, none of that. None of that. I would do it because I have a super shitty scale at home mm-hmm. that I cannot figure out whether it's telling me the truth or not about my weight. Okay. So it's I gotta, telling you the truth. I got to go to like the pool to get an accurate weight. Oh, okay. so, so I would I would try. I'll tell you one thing about grill. the hardtack grill. The burger, not very good. Mm. Like it, is, it doesn't even count in the top half of okay. what burgers I've had. But the server that was serving my table was particularly flirtatious, which I enjoyed. Okay. When he wasn't working security at an abandoned high-rise construction site on the Strip, Alamon could be found at the grill talking with customers and eating a burger. Mm-hmm. You never missed a day, even on Christmas, owner John Basso said. People just loved them. He connected with people in a real way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with my bank account. Although he was never yeah. on the restaurant's payroll, Alleman was everywhere else. His caricature, Patient John, graces the front of Heart Attack Girl's menu, mm-hmm. clothing line, and merchandise. Wow. From time to time, Basso would offer a free meal and drink to, for Alleman's troubles. He always declined. He never wanted a handout from anyone. He always insisted on paying. He well, lived, ate, and breathed the Heart Attack Grill. The Heart Attack Grill is not an expensive eatery. Uh, they've got a special. You get burger, fries, and drink for $8. So... Yeah, offering a free meal every so often right. it wasn't that much of a gesture. On February 11th, 2013, he died waiting at the bus stop outside the Heart Attack Grill from an apparent, anyone? Heart Attack. Heart Attack. Uh-huh. Alleman is the second unofficial spokesman to die in the restaurant's nearly two-year history in Las Vegas. In March 2011, Blair River, known as the Grill's Gentle Giant, died of flu-related pneumonia, not a heart attack. Yeah. He was 575 pounds, and he was 29. 575 pounds? Yeah. Well, he did qualify for the free meal. Uh, curiously, Alleman himself was only 180 pounds. He was not actually overweight. Uh, I actually, uh, the flirtatious server that we were discussing yes. earlier, mm. I asked her about the incident because it had happened not too far in advance of when I got there. Right. And uh, I asked her, and she said people thought he was joking. So no one came to his aid? <laughs> well, I think, no, she said, oh, it became pretty apparent quickly thereafter that, you know, something was wrong. But at first, people thought he was playing a joke. Right, because it's a heart attack. You're having a, you're having a heart attack mm, right yeah. in front of the heart attack Big girl. Up. What a guy. What a maroon. <laughs> what a great yeah. guy. He does this every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's a joke people do a lot. This is why you never like, want really, to get heart attack it's, in charades. It's the obvious joke for unfunny people to do at the heart attack grill. Oh, check it out. I'm having a heart attack. I'm pretending I have a heart attack. Yeah. Totally make it so somebody who has a real heart attack doesn't get taken seriously. I'm hilarious. But she did tell me, too, that it got much busier after that because they were in the news. <laughs> God bless America. No yeah. such thing as bad publicity. Yeah. But then again, like... As we've been hearing, heart disease is the, like the, one of the number one killers, right? Like, mm-hmm. so if you're going to die, chances are you're going to die of a heart attack. Uh, and so a certain percentage of people who go here, whether it's caused by the heart attack grill or not, are just going to die of heart attacks. Mm. What are the catalysts for, hey, let's take the fattest people we can find and give them free food? Yeah, that's weird. Like, I, 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 I don't get the... The math must be that that offer pulls in so many, it gets them so much buzz that right. it pulls in enough people to pay for it. Like enough people who don't. Well, again, it's a, a burger, fries, and drink is $8. So they're not exactly shelling out, you know, gold doubloons, mm. right? And and you don't get a drink on that uh, free thing. You only get the free uh, Oh, the so they make it up fries. in the drink. So you gotta, that, yeah, that is where, you know, five cents oh, of sugar water. You got to pay for the fountain soda. Yeah. 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 It's just like popcorn at the movie theater. Mm. Oh, and you know, That's actually, if they're money. 350 pounds too, they get the free burger and fries. It's not going to be enough. They're going to order a whole other meal. There you go. That's probably where it comes in. They're like, they're not going to be able to stop with just one burger and set of fries. Ah, but if you're a really smart 350 pound person, get the free burger and fries, then head over to the cheap buffet at the casino right down the street. There's a documentary I want to film. Oh, because okay. Okay. there mm-hmm. is a there there are seven casinos that have uh, a 24 hour buffet pass okay. that you can get, mm-hmm. and I would love to find someone who's willing to eat seven meals at I seven am. casinos I am. in 24 I'm hours. I'm willing. I didn't. I don't even have to hear the end of that <laughs> sentence. I'm totally in. <laughs> this so, is excellent. I think you found. That's. Your, subject it's like every buffets. every three hours right seven by 20 foot yep. tw- yeah yeah it's got to be a meal 
Not not like full not, not just like a little dish of Jello. Seven meals in twenty four hours at yeah. seven different casinos. Why not? Okay. Yeah, Kevin can All do right. it. Let's, I can do that. Let's talk. All I right. eat like I eat like five meals just every day. We'll get the Indiegogo going soon. Uh, brilliant. Where is this in Vegas? In Vegas, yeah. Oh, well, I don't mind going to Vegas neither. The film writes itself. Pop culture. The first one that came up right away when I mentioned it online was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Of course. Uh, Mola Ram has that famous scene in it where he pulls pulls the heart out of a victim's chest, mm-hmm. which then does like a Wolverine instant heal in yeah, front yeah. of everybody. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the still living sacrifice is then lowered into a lava pit. And as he starts burning and dying, the heart in uh, Mola Ram's hand bursts into flames. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty cool scene. Like a it's, it's the best scene in Temple of Doom. Yeah, for man. sure. It's not a lot of that's exactly how, monkey brains. That's exactly how it happens in the operating room, too. <laughs> <laughs> how long? Here's the question. I'm not going into shock. Okay. My heart's my chest is totally open. Right. You have access to my heart. Great. Mm. You're gonna grab that heart. You're gonna yank it out. You're gonna show it to me. Am I gonna be able to register that there is a heart in oh, your hand in front this of me? Is interesting. With, with no with no cult magic involved. No cult magic. Hmm. Just like you got like you got like four guys each with scissors ready to cut those aortas yeah. and ventricles and whatever. Right. right. You probably have about four or five seconds of consciousness. You could do it. I you think could, you could, could do it. it. You yeah. could show a guy his own beating heart. The, the, the problem is that's a really tough piece of tissue connected to really tough pieces mm. of tissue. I would be yanking and yanking. Yeah. And well, yanking that's why you got like heart. the 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 guy, the four guys, oh, lasers, four lasers, robots, right. lasers, sharks. oh sharks, whatever you need to get through how, those uh, heart. How about tendons. we're how, yeah. if we're just making okay. stuff up? How about we're uh, on the Enterprise and uh, we're going to be it. we're going to transport the heart to directly in front of you. <laughs> but if you really want to have the full experience, okay. we put you on a cardiopulmonary bypass machine. Okay. Which is very commonly done for surgeries okay, where you okay. need to stop the heart. Oh, then we could show you that. And then you can we can have a conversation it. about it, <laughs> right? I want to have this happen. You would to yourself? Yes, I do. Really interesting. Again, for I want to go. I want to go fucking crazy. For some <laughs> for some reason, research ethics boards just won't entertain these ideas. I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> Do you think seeing your own heart in some other man's hand right before he like throws it on the ground and steps on it would like make you insane? Wait, that's not part of the deal. That's not part of the deal. <laughs> what? That's you not part of it? Back in. What? What? Oh, it's gonna go back in. Oh yeah. no, that's not. No, I'm. Uh, this is not the so bargain we just struck. It's like a double challenge. You have the challenge of surviving, and then Rob has the challenge of getting it back in in time. You can do that, right? You got like three seconds. I'm not the guy you want to reattach <laughs> your heart. Uh, I do my best. <laughs> of course, sold. sold. That's all you can. Uh, my mom always told me that's all you can ever ask. Just ask do people best, do the best. Do best well, you can also ask for expertise. I'm sorry, Kevin's mom. <laughs> all right. <laughs> There's more you can ask than the best. <laughs> Take it up with her. The Wizard of Oz, which we're uh, going to mention again. We mentioned in our brain episode with the scarecrow who wanted a brain. The Tin Woodsman wants a heart. Mm-mm. Right. But not the heart that pumps blood. And again, <laughs> well. He wanted like, he wanted feelings. He wants yeah. feelings. He wants emotion. Which is. Which, as we know, comes from the brain. Do you guys know the backstory to the uh, Tin Woodsman? Why he doesn't have a heart? Uh, lay it on me. All right. Originally an ordinary man by the name of Nick Chopper, mm-hmm. the Tin Woodsman used to make his living chopping down trees in the forest of Oz as his father had before him. Mm-hmm. The Wicked Witch of the East enchanted his axe to prevent him from marrying his sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh-huh. reason she did this is some lazy old woman that the sweetheart worked for uh, didn't want her leaving him. So oh, didn't want to get married. Didn't so want to lose her worker. Yeah. So it was like, please do. She bribed the witch to do it. The enchanted axe chopped off his limbs one by one. Awesome. Each time he lost a limb, Nick Chopper replaced it with a prosthetic limb made of tin. Oh, okay. okay. Finally, nothing was left of him but tin, but Kuklip, They chopped off his torso. Uh-huh. Yeah. The way that you do. Well, Kuklip, the tinsmith who helped him, neglected to replace his heart. Uh-huh. And once he was made entirely out of tin... He was no longer able to love the lady he had fallen for. Right. To be fair to Kuklip, what does a tinsmith know about cardiac physiology? Scientifically mm-hmm. implausible. Mm-hmm. At best. It'd be hard to make a pump out of tin, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. But well, a hell of a roboticist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Yeah. yeah. He's got automaton down pat. Saved that man's life. For a cyborg. Now, does he still have to eat? Does he even need to chop down trees to make a living anymore? Obviously yeah, not, because he? he's on his way to the wizard. I, yeah. Well, he's he's obviously on a vacation going to see the wizard. Oh, right. Yeah. Doesn't have to, he's not working while he's 
yeah. accompanying. Uh, he doesn't. Say, he doesn't go. Hey, hold on, guys. I got to chop down a tree to like mm-hmm. make a little scratch before we get to the whiz. You know, your fiance might have cold feet. Even if I give you this heart. Oh no, the Tin Woodsman had cold feet, and that's why the fiance was. That ladies, they hate those cold feet in bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Superman's villain Metallo. Oh, has mm-hmm. a kryptonite heart. True. Which, also not for pumping blood. Uh, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not really a heart. It's just he has kryptonite where his heart would be. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he likes to uh, open up his chest cavity and blast Superman with it. Yep. Can I see a picture of Metallo? Yeah, yeah. There's many. So is that like an Iron Man thing? Is it just sort of a nebulous energy source? It is his energy it, source, it I is believe. His en- yeah. in, he's got a bunch of incarnations. I think in some of them it's his energy. Sh- energy. Uh, he looks source. like a Terminator. He's basically yeah, a Terminator. He with, does, uh, yeah. And he normally has like uh, skin over top as well. DC like was a such Terminator. a marvel rip off in the 80s mm-hmm. uh i'm a huge adventure time fan yeah and i know that torn torn you big adventure time fan you watch much of it i have watched episodes and enjoyed them the character ricardio who first mm-hmm. appeared in episode uh seven of season one ricky ricardio and his wife lucy he's just called ricardio uh-huh. but he is literally a heart that's why it's called Ricardio. Ricardio. Not like, Ricardo. Not Ricardo. Oh. Ricardio. And he normally looks more like that kind of thing. Uh, he looks like just a little heart guy, like the uh, like a Valentine's. The traditional Valentine's heart with a face on it. Right. Okay. Or like a red butt, maybe? Yeah, an upside down red butt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he appears in the first season as a rival to Finn for the attention of Princess Bubblegum. It's mm-hmm. later revealed, however, that he's in fact evil. Um, and is actually the heart of the Ice King on a sort of a rampage. Okay, that's kind of awesome. So the Ice King is the regular villain? He's kind of the regular villain. He's kind of a sad villain. And like, the reason that he's an Ice King? Because his heart left and went no, on a rampage? No, he normally has his heart. So in this episode, Ricardio just shows up at a party and he's giving somebody a back rub and he seems to be really cool and charming. Yeah. And Finn's like, ah, everybody, Princess Bubblegum likes that guy. I'm all jealous. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, I got to find out if he's evil. And at first you think, oh, we're just going to find out he's jealous and Ricardio's not evil. But it turns out he actually is. Uh-huh. And what happened was he pulled himself out of the Ice King's body. Right. And the Ice King is big on kidnapping princesses to make him marry him. That's right. his thing. Uh-huh. Ricardio takes it even further. Mm-hmm. He's His plan, finally revealed, is to tear out Princess Bubblegum's heart and marry it. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. So he's there like super evil. Right. So right. Frozen is a huge Adventure Time ripoff. <laughs> Ice King. <laughs> the Ice King, yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, and the and the good prince who woos the princess but turns out to be evil in the end. Oh yeah, yeah. He kind yeah, of right. kind of is the uh the double crosser oh. for sure. Disney. What's great is uh, Princess Bubblegum ends up beating the crap out of him in a later episode. He tries to get her again, builds a body by t- by literally sewing the sinews of the Ice King's body onto his heart. That's a picture of him there. That is really disgusting. It's totally gruesome. Uh, and again, kidna- kidnaps Princess Bubblegum. And then uh, she just says, all right, fine. And then just beats the crap out of him because he just keeps punching him in the heart. Because he's a heart. Yeah. He's super weak if you punch him. Does his heart have a heart? No. Teach the controversy. There you uh, oh. <gasps> Hold on. Does he, uh, he must constantly murmur. He doesn't murmur. He's actually voiced by George Takei. Oh, really? Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> Is that okay? It's, it's okay totally, to be Takei. It's totally okay to be Takei. Uh, we got to put a, It's okay to be voiced by George Takei as well. We got to put a picture up of this uh, horrifying body that he builds for himself yeah. on the website, causticsodapodcast.com. With an eraser head. It is 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 pretty horrifying. Once you know the backstory. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. That eraser head, it's just so oddly compelling. <laughs> that bland smile. Well, I could talk about uh, Edgar Allan Poe's telltale heart. All right. It's the heart that told tales. Well, Sit down, children. Once upon a time. It's pathump, actually technically pathump, pathump, the heart pathump. is not the thing. Like, the actual heart is not the telltale heart. Right. So the story is... There's a twist. Yeah, well, he murders somebody. Right. Buries them under the floorboards. Yeah. Actually, the then, narrator's unnamed and even ungendered. It might be a she. She murders somebody. So you do we don't know, know something about the telltale I heart. read Wikipedia. Yeah, so the narrator whoever that person may be, murders someone, buries them under the floorboards. But then whenever anybody else comes over, they they think to themselves, oh, I can hear the heart beating. Mm. They hear the, the heartbeat. Right. And they get freaked out that everyone else around them is going to hear it. 
So eventually, it's the sound of that hideous heart. That's Lisa right. Simpson says in that episode where she's doing the play for school or something. Yeah, that's a Telltale Heart. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then eventually they go insane and tear up the floorboards to try and stop the sound. Yeah, she made a diorama. Heart. There you go. Mm-hmm. So uh, that it's it is excellent creep factor of like eight and a half. So it's psychological. Yeah. Psychological. Ah, okay. Yes. No. This person becomes. There is not a giant heart that goes out and tells. There is. There, there is not a, a, a heart. George Takei would have been old enough. Oh, to voice the Telltale Heart mm-hmm. in Pose uh, from Pose Story. I'm going to write a new Telltale, Telltale heart. heart. Okay, it's the heart that goes and tells tales. Uh, it, what it talks about rats and mice and whatnot. Uh, why rats and mice? From an American tale. Oh God, that no. animated show no, about. It's not a Telltale I L heart. Oh, okay. No, he meant, he meant American Tale, the movie. Cause yeah, that is, yeah. isn't it an American Tale, T-A-I-L? It is. But it's, yeah, okay. It is. I just worked with the guy who was the voice of that mouse. <gasps> Will he do the voice of the Telltale Heart in oh. my new story? Oh, maybe. It's going to have to be the Take Tale Heart. It's the Tell Take Heart. Oh, sure. Hey, George, you're doing good. I told him. <laughs> So, Dr. Rob, uh, how can people keep up with what you're doing? Have you got a place on the internet they can go to to check you out? I do. I've got my YouTube channel, One Minute Medical School, and also a Facebook page. Cool. How can they? That's uh, Facebook. Just search for One Minute Medical School. Yep. Yep. How All many right. episodes of One Minute Medical School have you done? There are 77. Wow. That's how, quite a lot. That's 77 minutes. How long are they? They're about a minute each. It's all in the name. Brilliant. It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside. And when you wake up, startled to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling. An ominous feeling. A feeling you know that. We'll be back when the week is new And we'll have more gross facts for you And you'll have things you'll want to hear about We will too Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while being forced to watch a Jenny McCarthy movie marathon, Clockwork Orange style. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter, at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. I'm Eric Fell. Thanks for listening. In the news. Tori Atkinson has not updated his computer for iTunes in years. Let everybody know that. Bug him. Tell him to update it. No! Security reasons. Don't do it!